Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Man on the Post podcast. I'm Greg. I'm filling in for uh, on hosting duties for Ross this week, who I believe is interviewing for the Leeds United job. So uh, we wish our best of luck to him. Um, but who I am joined with is uh, Colin, who sadly did not get an interview. No, United job. No, afraid um, not. No, maybe next time. I'm sure the job will be coming back around in a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I've also got Tom with me. I turned it down. And Tom turned it down. <laughs> his, uh, his football manager career could get him a bigger job. I'm holding out for the Newcastle job. Which could also become available very soon, but we'll touch upon that later. What we will start with is Arsenal 2, Manchester City 2. An entertaining game on the early kickoff on Saturday. Um, City went ahead, then Arsenal went ahead, and then City pulled it back. What do we make of this? Really good game, really enjoyable football. I only woke up for the last 20 minutes, so I was hungover. But right. obviously, I watched, I've watched the rest of it later on. But there was a lot of quality attacking on show, I thought, for both teams. Both strikers looked pacey. Midfielders looked good on the ball. It was just a good quality football match, really. The stands of the goals were, were fantastic, weren't they? Partic- the Arsenal ones in particular. Well, Jack Wilshere getting a goal as well. Yeah, it's, that's it's a bit positive. of a rarity. Um, it is. It was a nice finish as well. A good composed touch in the box to, to sell his defender. And then a nice little clipped finish over the keeper. It's, uh, things are looking rosy for England at the moment, but we won't go into that right now. Yeah, it was a good game, wasn't it? Well, I think you could potentially have seen perhaps a shock Arsenal win, you know, at points in that game. But, um, I mean, I, would that have been would that have been a, a big shock though? Really, with City already losing to Stoke and Arsenal, not not a fantastic start, but unbeaten. Well, I mean, I I, I did the extra time podcast with Chris, and on that one we go through predictions, and I think both of us predicted a a, a City win. Um, but yeah, it's a good point that you make there, Tom. It's you know, City have been a little bit. A bit slow off the blocks, aren't they? And, and what's that now? Um, five points already behind behind Chelsea after four games. It's not ideal, is it? No, I think this uh, slow start by City has been a bit of surprise because there hasn't been the upheaval that there has been at some of the other um, top four, top six clubs over the summer. Um, they've got a, a fairly settled squad and I think the... There's, the uh, defeat at home to Stoke could just turn out to be a complete fluke. These, these results happen sometimes. And I think they would have taken a point away from the Emirates um, this weekend, to be honest. I think any team would happily go to, would be chuffed to come away from the Emirates with a point. So I don't think... 
it's, I don't think it's too late. I think wouldn't rule out us, uh, Man City just yet. Okay, after you mentioned Chelsea, Colin, we'll uh, head straight over to Stamford Bridge where they won 4-2 against early title contender Swansea, who then took a shock lead through a lovely John Terry finish six yards out. But then Diego Costa came to the fore. He grabbed a hat-trick. And then um, Loic Remy finished off the route. Um, and it ended up 4-2 in the end. They do look imperious already, don't they, Chelsea? There was this be it was two types of people when Costa came to the Premier League. There were two types of there were two opinions on it. One was that he was going to be fantastic, brilliant, best player in the Premier League, take the league by storm. And then, then there was the others that said he'll be a clown, he'll get sent off every week and won't score. I'm not going to say which which group I was in. You were the I think the the former, weren't you? Um you might have been. No, I do not. remember a, a liability. That's what you yeah, called him. That that might have been a. Well, you never mention. know. But <laughs> he, no, there's four games into the season. He's yeah, got, play, he's got 34 doors. more chances for several red cards. But he he does he does look just the link up play. Fabregas, I think Fabregas has got six assists in four games, and it, they just they just look too good for for every team they've played so far. They just look like they, they've got the ability to just unlock any any defence. Well, on Diego Costa, I I think I mentioned this before, I, I, I'm involved in a fantasy football bidding competition and only one person can own one player. And I, and I was left with a tough choice of between two strikers of either Diego Costa or Robin Van Persie. I thought, yeah, the safe bet is Robin Van Persie. What 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 a wise move that was. <laughs> What's Costa got now? Seven is it? Seven in four. Seven in four. Um, Robin Van Persie yet to score. Yeah, it's early days. It is early, early days. days. Yeah, early days. Okay, so elsewhere in London, we'll quickly touch on Palace. Um, they drew nil nil at home to Burnley, and that featured probably one of the the, the better penalty saves that you'll see this season from Julian Speroni after keeping up a Scott Arfield effort. A fantastic save. Uh, probably the only thing of note in a game that didn't have much, it's that much sort action. Of, it's that sort of thing that, that just makes you think of Burnley. They haven't got enough and they've got to take... If, that, if they can't win games like that with that chance, they have, they've got no hope for me. They just don't seem to have much attacking threat. Maybe against what? the lower teams... But if they can't take chances like that, I know I said I thought they'd score score a couple of goals against the lower teams, but they can't afford to miss opportunities like that, can they? Um, Ings hasn't quite found his feet at this level yet, has he? Well, um, but again, we'll keep saying it. It's still early days in the season. Burnley could, if their attacking options do come together, because I, I mean Ings has, has got that goal scoring touch about him, hasn't he? He's proven that he can score at most levels. He hasn't scored at this level yet, but you won't bet against him getting into double figures this season. And Palace, do we are we beginning to fear for them a little? Could it be a long season? I think it's gonna, it could be a long a long season for a lot of teams. Yeah, I think this could be one of the one of the largest relegation battles 
there's there's going to be I think there's by Christmas I think we're not going to have a clue. I think there's going to be so many teams down there. The divide between the the uh, top, middle, and bottom teams is is possibly bigger than I've seen in the last few years. There's so there's there's so many bad teams. Would you say that it's not a, a top, middle, bottom anymore? It's just a top six or seven. You could say and then that. The rest. There's there's about there's at least ten teams that could get relegated. Talking about it being a long season and relegation fears. We'll head on up to St James's Park, where Alan Pardew is somehow still is in employment. They lost four nil at home to South away at Southampton this weekend, and by all accounts, put in an embarrassing performance. Surely he must be on the the most borrowed of time, Alan Pardew. The fans are on his back as well, properly on his back more than ever was- before, I think. Was I heard rumours that a fan was um restraint after the game after he tried to attack Pardew? Been there before with Newcastle fans, haven't we? Throwing the season ticket at the manager. Then that happened, and then they went on a a very long unbeaten run, didn't they? So oh, I can't, I can't quite see it happening. This no, time. me neither. But, I mean, they've got injury problems as well. They they look uninspired. And when Mike Williamson is your starting centre back in the Premier League. It's not going to go well, is it? I mean, could we see a, a potential season of struggle for Newcastle if they don't make a change quickly? I I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, just just on the, the the fans. I mean, there's quite a really quite professionally done website called sackpardew.com, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they've got these wonderful sort of graphical images of um, Alan Pardew and. What happened is is that they got um, five sets of fans around the ground to to hold sackpardew.com posters up. And um, John Carver uh, apparently had words with, with some of them and got a little bit fighty about it. So that doesn't bode well. <laughs> actually, just, just on that point, um, it, it's worth a visit. I mean, actually, I'm an Alan Pardew fan and if he does go, he, he that would mean the end of the second longest serving manager in the Premier League. The top one now is 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 Arsene after Alex Ferguson left, Arsene Wenger, and then then it's then it's Pardew. But I've just got a few snippets here of some uh, some quotes on on sackpardew.com because what they do is they've got these all these different sections of excuses that he's given. Um, so just here, here's here's just a few of the things that he's come out. These are these are actual statements here. Yeah? We had Amiobi to Amiobi, which is almost like a song for the second goal, which was nice. Um, <laughs> then he goes on to talk about Gareth Bale. Um, so obviously this is when he was he was at Spurs. Um, Pardew says, I actually thought we contained him quite well. Problem was he scored two goals. <laughs> uh, and there was one time when he was, um, for about two or three years... Newcastle kept dropping out of the cup at the same round, at the same stage. Um, and in response to that, he says, we don't seem to be able to get through this tie. He means this round. For the last three years, I don't know. It's science against me. So so there's just a few. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot lot more others as well. So, uh, yeah, if you... Um, 
like delving into the, the misery of Alan Pardew, then visit sackpardew.com. This is website is brilliant. Are, are you looking at it now? It, yeah, it's worth a visit. It is really, really funny. He does talk utter rubbish. But it looks a bit brilliant. Well, I mean, I think o- they've got a game against Hull Nick, on the, at the weekend, haven't they? If he doesn't win that or headbutts another Hull player, then I think it it could be it should be curtains already. But well, well with we'll this, see with this game, Greg. Before Southampton scored their first goal, they should have already scored two before that. Um. And Newcastle were just lucky that they didn't go in. Um, but the thing is, it's not as if Newcastle didn't have any chances. They did have a couple of good chances. It's just, it would just seem to be one of those days where they just couldn't um, score for love or no money. Okay, and elsewhere down the bottom, Stoke followed up their tremendous win at the Etihad with a, with a 1-0 defeat at home to Leicester. Um, Leonardo Mujoa um, with a lovely finish it has to be said it was a really nice tidy finish gave Leicester a good away win and they're they're sitting 11th in the table currently they've got 5 points from 4 games and they they look quite a competent outfit well on the goal scorer Ajoa he's good I, I like him a lot um, he's, he's the guy that they um they went big in um, to get him from from Brighton, um, and he's starting to come up with the goals. Um, and Leicester, I think, so far this season have looked quite tidy. the The only thing I would say though is that they had eight shots, only one on target. The goal compared to Stoke's twenty seven shots, and they had six on target. So. Yeah, you could uh, you could argue maybe that Stoke are the, the better of the game, but if Leicester are going to stay up, and, and I I reckon they will, three points away from home, that's 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 a great result. And up on Tyneside, um, Tottenham went up there and got a point. They drew two all away to Sunderland. Um, Sunderland still without a win this season. Carrying on that theme of teams who we might think might struggle. Do we categorise Sunderland in that in that area? I would, Greg. I would. Um, they were very close last year, and obviously Gus Poye sort of seemed to turn the ship around. But I, I would not say with any certainty that they're safe. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in my bottom three at the moment. But I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't put a lot of money on them being safe. I think I think it might be a case of there will be three worse teams than them this this season. Um, they haven't added a lot of quality to their squad. They've added a lot of good squad players, the likes of um, Jordi Gomez and the like. But there isn't a there's not a lot of quality. There. There's not a lot of quality and depth either, though, is there? No. If I mean, there's a few injuries to key players, I think they might struggle. I mean, Conor Wickham came good at the end of last season and looked. Yeah, a good player, but he hasn't quite found his feet this season. Um, I think it could be just one of them seasons where they they struggle, but that they're always relatively safe. They'll do just enough to get by. 
I did like the Adam Johnson goal though. I thought that was great. Um, well, he's he's capable of some special things sometimes, hmm. isn't he? He's just inconsistent. And Tottenham, would they see this as a point gained or a couple of points dropped? I I don't know personally. You know, I, I think you can maybe look at Tottenham's performance so far, and you might think it's a little bit meh. You know, but then the thing is, when you actually look at the table, you know, the the level on points with City. And then they're a point ahead of Arsenal. So yeah. you can't say they're doing badly. Um, I don't know. You've got to look at the teams they've played, though, and where they've picked up their points. Yeah. Home to QPR and against West, and West Ham. And then they've lost 3-0 to a Liverpool side who haven't been anything special so far. So you've got to think, are they in a, are they in a false position? Are they going to be challenging the for that fourth or fifth spot. I think with a new manager coming in, there is a, a sense that they're still um, learning Pochettino's ways because it will be very different from what, what they've uh, done before with his high-pressing style. Um, I think it all depends on whether he gets um, the likes of Lamella and Eriksen firing because if Adebayor goes off the boil, which he's likely to do, or he gets injured then they don't have a whole lot in reserve up front and you'd struggle to see where their goals might come from so obviously Soldado's had his well documented struggles since making the move since from Valencia um, uh, I think they look a bit short on that front obviously Harry Kane's scoring goals but it's just unfortunately at the wrong end but you know they look at a decent side and they could They'll be up there towards the end of the season, but whether they have that depth, especially up top, I think that that'll be their downfall. Another team challenging for that fourth, fifth, sixth spot is Everton, and they came away from the Hawthorns with a credible two 0 win, albeit in somewhat fortunate circumstances with Ben Foster's glaring error for West Brom's second, uh, Everton's second, sorry. Lukaku came back to haunt his former um, lone side and grabbed his first goal in the Premiership for a club that actually owned him. His previous 32 coming as the result of loan moves. So he's off and running for the season. And Everton picking up points from games where you'd expect them to. And they're... It was a weird start to the season for Everton, wasn't it? Yeah. They're normally a solid defensive side. They're in... They've got the worst defence in the league at the moment. You wouldn't, you, you don't normally expect that from Everton. They're, well, they're usually quite slow starters, aren't they? Especially they were under Moyes, especially. Um, um, they've had a, a fairly tough start um, this season, but I think a win like that away from home against a team that you'd expect them to beat—that's a, you know, a good result, and it could just set them on their way. I thought Everton were the better team in this. Um, and I fear for West Brom as well this year um, Everton could have had more Naismith Mr. Sitter um, and, and just on West Brom as well this isn't the first time Ben Foster's made a mistake it just seems to be something in the back of my mind that he's, he's liable to lose concentration and just 
you know, make a faux pas. And, and I don't see why you should have someone like that in the England setup. Okay, I'm not going to say he's going to take Joe Hart's place. He's not. But I wouldn't even have him in there as a reserve goalkeeper. I'd, I'd give someone young a chance um, rather than have someone like Ben Foster who's been around for a while but, you know, he's liable or prone to just take his eye off the ball and just let it slip underneath him like he did with a Morales goal. If you look at West Brom as well, their squad is has not... The base of their squad has not changed much in the last few years. And the, all these players, the Olsons, the uh, James Morrison, uh, Dorans and McCauley and all these players, they've already hit their peak. They're not going to get any better. You you start to worry about where where they're actually going to get their points from because there's again there's not much quality in that squad. And the manager is Alan Irvine as well, I'm, and I'm not 100 um, percent convinced in him. If you look at the betting on who's going to be uh, the next Premier League manager to get sacked, then uh, probably unexpected Pardew's there, um, and then it's Sam Allardyce, but then Alan Irvine is is in there in third place. Um, if you fancy a bit of an outside bet, I don't. I don't think six to one is bad value at all, because he he could go at any point. I think it just doesn't seem to be the finished article to me. No, he's probably one of those uh, characters. He's a good coach, has a good coaching background and pedigree, but he never really. He might not make it as a manager, particularly in the top flight. Right, and in the late kickoff in the Premiership, we saw. A shock result at Anfield as Aston Villa came away with three points and a 1-0 win. Gabby Bonglehor got what turned out to be the winner after just nine minutes. And Liverpool just looked a little stuck up front. They didn't create too much. And they had 18 shots. But did they look like they only have one on target? And that's got to be quite a worry for... Brendan Rodgers not being able to carry on the high standards that they sent on last season. I think the manager's got to take some of the blame for this. Well, per- personally for me, he threw, he threw too many new signings in at once. Yeah, Leaf, especially when you're, leaving, when you're leaving Sterling on the bench as well. He's one of, one of your best players, especially at home when you want to be you want to be running hard at the opposition. You want to be putting them under real pressure. And you want you want Sterling on. You want players with pace on for as much of the game as possible. And I don't know, it just it was, it was a strange selection for me, not leaving not uh, starting with him. They lacked that focal point up front that they usually have as well. Last season they had Sturridge and Suarez. They against Liverpool, they look so good, you know. So yeah, with Sturridge and Balotelli, but without that, with just Balotelli up there by himself this week, they just looked a bit toothless at times. Seventy-four percent possession and one shot on target. Yeah, I think that speaks volumes. But credit to Aston Villa. A lot of people, including myself, had them down as a relegation candidate, and that's ten points from four it's games. Four games, yeah, and two away wins. To Philip Se- Philip Senderos has been one of their outstanding players. He's got rid of them. He, it's Philip Senderos, he's one of them defenders who'd have a really good game for 88 minutes. But for those two that he wasn't 
on the ball, he'd make two catastrophic mistakes. And that's, and then what, and that's what he'd be remembered by. Yeah, but he seems so far this season, he seems to eradicate that from his game. And they look like a, a very solid um, back line. I mean, they've con- they must have only conceded, is it one? One all goal all season. Yeah, they've only one scored four. four. Yeah. Um, but they've got three, obviously, three clean sheets, two away wins. Um, they look like uh, they could, they should be safe this season if they. It's going to get a lot tougher of... for them in the next month or so. Have you seen the next four games? No. Ar- Arsenal, Chelsea, City, Everton. Well, they went to Anfield and won. Yeah, we'll see. It's we'll a see. good job they got. If they got, it's a really good job they got those ten points as well because you can't see them picking up many from there. And if they were, if they had a tough start to the season, followed by those four games. You'd put them under that would put them under real pressure, but that's allowed them to play a bit safer now. They can you can probably see them picking up a, a couple of draws from there at least with the uh, with the pressure off now. I mean, if you look at the the nucleus of their side, there they they're still quite young. They've got a good good looking midfield. Um, now I think Westwood was a, a star performer from last year, and I'd expect him to have another. Um, good season. Delph obviously just made his uh, way into the England side, and he's he again is a, a good young talent. And I think we might see the best of the much maligned Tom Cleverley at a smaller club where the pressure's off. Um, of course, he performed so well when he was on loan at Wigan a few seasons ago. Um, and I think that that midfield with the, the talents of Byman um, up front, um, amongst others, it could be. You know, maybe an undramatic season. Yeah, they're but... not going to score bucket loads of goals, are they? No, but, but... you'd like you'd, they 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 edge games. And wait, and wait, who's coming back from injury? Is it that Benteke fella? That Benteke fella, <clears throat> one good, one great season, one off season. Played it... by injuries. Yes. Fed, so. Yeah. But if he comes back and he's strong again, that could be that. That's goals. Just another point as well. Um, did anybody see some of the tackles that were going in on Balotelli? They were a little bit naughty, I thought. Um, I think he's got to expect that though, hasn't he? But it's still wrong, though, isn't it? You know, know. kicking him and off the ball. The Senderos and Hutton were were guilty of that. Um, Obviously, try and wind him up. I mean, it's the just... Villa were victims of this last week, weren't they? Or in their previous game against Hull, weren't they? Um, when that the youngster Jack Grealish came on, um, he was only on the pitch for uh, fifteen minutes, but they kicked him to such an extent that they picked up four bookings. Did Hull City? So maybe it's the for the for maybe the the lower end. Premiership teams, the mid mid table teams, the lower, the relegation uh, threatened teams. If a, a creative player who's capable of person who comes on, maybe that's just the way that that they see that they can deal with them. It it almost seems, Greg, like it's the work of a really nasty piece of work, a really nasty bastard. Um, where, where's Roy Keane these days? Oh right, okay, yeah, 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 Aston Villa. Yeah, okay. the. Uh, at Keane and Lambert weren't, you know, they were fairly combative central midfielders, weren't they? Yeah. And you'd you'd think that that 
that spirit might have um, gone through to the uh, to the players. You, you can imagine Roy, you know, saying saying to like Senderos, you know, you know, to, you know, on Balotelli, just punch him in the kidneys. You know, no, <laughs> grab him in the balls. You know, any any, and it's like, hold on a minute. You know, I can't do that, Roy. You know, and and so the best he's well, he says, I'm going to get bollocked if I don't do something. Right, I'll just kick him. You know, yeah. um, so I don't know. Maybe the Roy Keane factor is the reason why Villa are doing so well. I I don't know, but I I, I agree with you, Tom. That uh, the next four games, wow, that's a toughie, isn't it? Um, that's going to be a real test for him now. Now we'll see what they're really about. Right, and to finish off this Premiership roundup, we'll go for the, the single game on Sunday, and that was Manchester United for QPR nil. Are we uh, are we seeing a new dawn at Old Trafford, or was it just the the quality of the opposition? No, I, when... I think I think we are. I think this is the start of a new era. I think I think a lot people get people are moaning at other uh, Man United fans for getting carried away, but I'd be getting carried away. If you saw though, if you saw that attacking talent on on the pitch at the same time, that's that's enough to destroy most Premier League defenses. Di Maria looked different class, didn't he? He picked up the ball and just ran through everyone. It's the sort of player you need. It's the sort of player Man United have need, especially with the lack of any sort of pace in that midfield. It's exactly what they needed, and he's bought all the other players, and it's going to raise their game. They've obviously got worries about their defence, and I think they will come unstuck against better attacks. But they're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to score lots and lots of goals. Do we see them troubling the top four? I think there was a, a fair few of us on the podcast who predicted that they might do. I can, I can see the season started. I, I still think that they will. I think that um, European football may just hinder the likes of, of Liverpool this season. Uh, you can't. How many? How many of the say bottom ten teams are going to be able to keep that keep that attack out? Not many. Wouldn't be a, the array of talent they've got. There's so many different options there. There's like the touch of matter, the pace of Dean Rear, the finishing of Rooney or Van Persie. They've got so many different options where sometimes the teams at the top can be a bit one dimensional. Was there a isn't there a Falcao bloke in there as well? Who's meant to and be he, a bit handy. He didn't ha- he did absolutely nothing. And <laughs> they still won four 0 and there's gonna be a lot to come from him as well. I think QPR have been a bit hard done by as well here. I don't think they were actually that bad. They missed chances, didn't they? They had, yeah, they had a point. chance. Um, was it um, Phillips? Phillips should have scored. A couple got a bit lucky with one of the goals where uh, Di Maria had a shot and Ferdinand was a bit, bit, bit out of position. But I, I think that's that's a good squad they've got there. I think they've got a lot more quality in their team than a lot of the teams around them. And I personally, I think they'll stay up. I know a lot of people think they'll go down, but I think they've got enough in there to win, win enough games. Yeah. Just, just from me on the Man U side of things, I I just get the feeling that they've thrown everything off the table that Alex Ferguson put, 
together there over years and years and years, and they've just thrown money at it, and they've just got desperate um, because their start's been so bad, and it's like, we'll buy anybody at any price, and yeah, Falcao, you can have 200000 a week, if you like. Um, so that sort of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth for me. Um, but I'm not sure, you know. I think I think they could still come a little bit unstuck against the, the top teams. There's rumours that they're still interested in Mats Hummels mm. in um, January. They need they need to strengthen that defence. They there's no way they'll for me there's no way they'll finish top four if they have that this is that same defence for the entire season. They need to strengthen that. They can't play, can't get away with playing Johnny Evans, an 18 year old. Uh, sorry, Johnny Evans and an 18 year old at the back. Uh, with Raphael, who's liable to mistakes as well. Uh, you just see them conceding. I know they score goals, but they'll concede a lot as well. And uh, since it's QPR, um, does anybody want some Rio Ferdinand news? Go on then. He's got a book out, you know. Um, well... You, you can get it on pre-order now, but uh, certain snippets are coming out in the Sun newspaper. Um, so, if you're interested in Rio's autobiography, it's called Hashtag Two Sides. No, it's not, is it? It is Hashtag Two Sides. Uh, I'm, already not re- I'm already not reading it. it. It's got a picture of him that looks... It's got his top half in there, but you can imagine the bottom half of him is sort of sat on a toilet... When the picture was taken, um, it, that's l- where the book will be read most, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if you're interested, you can pre-order it at thirteen pounds sixty, um, which is uh, a reduction from the recommended retail price of twenty quid. Um, it hasn't come out yet. No, and it's, and it's hardcover though as well for thirteen pounds sixty. So at least the manufacturing will be quality then, even exactly. if the uh, content is. But uh, since he's moved from Manchester United because he's not good enough, um, it's given him a great opportunity to basically start slating people. Um, so, for example, he's, he's said that uh, on Moyes, he said his tactics were alien, amateurish and negative, which I think is a bit, is a bit harsh. Um, he also pulls out the, the old... The old classic, so he, he talks about how um, John Terry not apologising to him or Anton Ferdinand over the race route incident has uh, made his life hell. Well, it's the... good to see that that brought back up. Well, it is, yeah. He's raking it all back up again, you know. Oh. Um, um, and also, he doesn't talk to Ashley Cole anymore. Um, Was that the whole chalk ice incident? Well, yeah. He Does did... anyone talk to Ashley Cole anymore, though? Really? I don't think his Roma teammates do judging by <laughs> the pictures <laughs> from Italy. And, and also, more interesting to me, is that uh, Rio um, also made some comments in his, in his book about how he was upset and angered because he wasn't allowed to eat chips before a game. And that upset him. So that's the sort of thing that you're looking at in this book. Um, Sounds like a fantastic read. So if you're interested in um, 
How Bad Moyes Wars, uh, John Terry, Ashley Cole, Chock Isers, and Chips, then this could be the book for you. Chock Isers and now? Chips would have been a much better title. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good point, actually. If, if uh, you guys out there are listening, uh, why, why not send us uh, your alternative titles for the real Ferdinand autobiography? If you think he could have come up with something better than hashtag two sides, um, <laughs> then <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> then let us know. Anything would be better than that. Two sides of what? I think it's hashtag two sides to every story. And there's maybe hashtag two sides to Rio Ferdinand. Inspiring. So he stopped slightly short of the cliche and just gone for the Try modern version. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just surmising there. There might be another reason. I don't know. He might have a split personality. I don't know. It might be bipolar. I don't know. Right. Should we go to the subcontinent? Yes, let's. Right. Have we, have we ever done that before? We've never done this before. Um, so hold on to your hats, everyone. Exclusive. We we are going for the first time ever. The man, well, we're not actually going. Um, we are going to the Hero Indian Super League. Yes, that's right. It starts on the twelfth of October, finishes on Saturday the 20th of December and it is the inaugural season of the Indian Super League featuring um, eight sides from around the country and a, a host of stars including Alessandro Del Piero who is turning up for the Delhi De- uh, Dynamos um, the p- uh, player manager of the Kerala Blasters uh, David James Nicholas Anelka today signed for Mumbai City which is quite a coup for Mumbai City manager Peter Reid, which I think is the most ludicrous sentence ever spoken in football. <laughs> um, um, elsewhere, playing for Pune City is David Trezeguet. Um, in charge of Goa, who haven't got their marquee player yet, is Zico. Um, and then the the biggest star biggest star attraction of all is undoubtedly Michael Chopra. Who um, was the the star name in the, the the first auction? And he um, I can't remember where he went, but he went somewhere, and that's all we need to know. It's starting to sound like a veterans league. I haven't heard a player under the age of about thirty-five yet. He signed for Kerala Blasters. If anyone's interested, after a fantastic spell at Blackpool, where he scored zero goals in eighteen games. What channel can I get this on, Greg? Is, is this on BT Sport? Is this on Sky Sports 8? Who knows? Well, I don't Atletico think we'll find... de Kolkata. Yeah, I think they're the ones owned by um, Atletico Madrid. They must be. Um, obviously, Sachin Tendulkar, he owns the... Uh... Which one does he own? He owns one of them. Saurav Ganguly, another critter, owns another one. It's um, and reportedly ticket sales are going through the roof, and it looks like to be a, uh, it could be quite a, quite a hit. So there's keep a, your eyes out. There's a player for Atletico do Kolkata. 
uh, I think is an Indian player. He's called Climax Lawrence. That's my favourite name of the tournament so far. Good. He, where does he play? He's a midfielder. He has 81 caps for the Indian national team. He's 35 as well. Are there any youngsters in this? Lester Fernandez. It's a good name as well. He's, he's Indian as well. Well, Sachin Tendulkar's a hero out there, isn't he? So yeah. if he owns the club and he owns the team, then he might as well just play himself. He's going to get <laughs> an ovation, isn't he? You know, yeah. You know, just, just stick him at right back. You know what I mean? And well, he's not going to be beaten for pace by any of the 40-year-old left-wingers, is he? <laughs> oh. oh, it sounds like Peter Reid's made another signing. Oh, go on. Breaking Freddie Lindbergh. <laughs> Freddie Lundberg is... Uh, That's the 40-year-old left-winger I was mentioning. Reportedly signed for Mumbai City. Well, they're going to have a, a hell of a side. With Lundberg pulling the strings for Anelka as Peter Reid directs him from the touchline. Very clever marketing, though. Imagine the underpants sales with Freddie Lundberg. <laughs> yeah. Robert Pires is there as well. The names just keep on coming. This is all the guys, isn't it, who couldn't make MLS, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's... still, Del Piero's got, um, or is it David? They're talking about David Villa, maybe making a, a cameo appearance because <laughs> he's obviously signed up for New York City, which don't officially exist yet, and he's got a, a contract signed for is it Melbourne City as well. I think he's just doing a tour of all the the new football leagues. Whoever pays him the most. Yeah, well, fair. You know, if you can do it, then you might as well. It's nice to see uh, an ex-Pompey player in there. Oh, who is it? It's James Keane, a Portsmouth James Academy Keane? graduate, playing for North East United. He was playing for us as um, not as far back as um, 2013. So obviously that loan spell's done in the world of good. He's just joined from an Israeli Premier League team, so his career's going well. He's doing, it sounds like he's doing a little tour of the world as well. Well, there we have it. Keep an eye out for it. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute roller coaster ride for those 10 weeks. And I don't see there's anything better to finish on than the Indian Super League's inaugural season. So... How'd you say that word, Greg? Inaugural. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if there's not anything that anyone else wants to add. I was just going to say, guys, we can keep this to the end. Why Why don't, since we've got both of you on here, it's been a while, why don't you just give us, for all our Portsmouth fans, um, a Portsmouth update on how things there's are going? Not, not why do you only ask us when we like lose three in a row? I, I haven't been following you to be... I th- no, I thought... I thought you demolished Yeovil recently. Yeah, three in the row in the league with a a demolition job in the West Country in between. I think we wasted our good performance in the Johnson's Paint Trophy. So but, so uh, remind me as an outsider, first of all, who who's your manager at the moment? Andy Orford, yes. Portsmouth Legend. Um no, the squad's good should be um uh, good enough to be travelling the top seven. Looking at the results, the last three that we've lost in the league, one was a, I think one of them fluke results at home to Newport, where they kicked lumps out of us for 90 minutes and then copped a goal on the break in the last minute. 
Um, those things happen from time to time. I think it's the last two away at Burton, away at Southend. They both were in the playoffs last season. They're both um, good sides. So I don't think there's any disgrace in going to these places and not winning. But uh, the performances haven't been great by all accounts. I wasn't there on Saturday away at, at Southend, but I did go to Burton. It was just it lacked in a bit of intensity. Um, but we've got two winnable home games coming up in the next week against Dagenham and Redbridge and Wickham Wanderers. So you never know, we could be could be waxing lyrical by next Sunday. Okay, and one from one Indian summer to another down on the South Coast, we are going to finish um, this podcast. Um, I'd like to thank Tom and Colin for joining me tonight. Or as we are known around the pods, the best three or the most informed three of those other jokers and that can't be with us tonight. Um, So, yeah, I'd like to say big thanks to to those two um, and thanks for listening. Um, So it's a goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. It's a goodbye from me. And always remember to have your man on the post.